Welcome to Talk 30 to Me, a show where we talk about the perspective of 30-somethings on life. My kid is an asshole. Love. Did I tell you about the girl? twice in a week. And the never-ending pursuit of fulfillment. My name is Anthony, but most people just call me Turd. And I'm Randy Z. Let's start the show. Hey, Talk 30 to Me family. We're family, right? At least, I thought we were. But I logged on to the iTunes store recently. And I wouldn't call us a family quite yet. 16 reviews, people? 16 ratings? I can't believe it. Do you call yourselves my family? I know I called you guys family, but... (laughs) The other four of our listeners better do something quick. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, guys. In case you didn't know, we are on iTunes, and we need your support. Go ahead and stop by the iTunes store and leave us a rating and a review, if you have the time. Remember, five stars, please. Thank you. I'm going to be a little bit selfish, and I'm going to talk about myself here. Last week, we talked about vacations and how... A vacation with your wife, no less, right? A vacation with my wife. Now, I want to kind of focus on how that helped me kind of renew and and refresh my life. And I feel like personally, I'm I'm of the mentality that a vacation is a good way to maintain your mental health. In other words, it's a good way not to kill a motherfucker, (laughs) right? Not to be tempted to kill a motherfucker, either at work, at home, at school, if you're still in school, or if you live with your parents. I mean, know. okay, I was going to say, do you even get vacation as a, in, when you're in school? But I forget, you got to oh, go break, you spring got break. so many vacations. Yeah. Getting used to this, uh, not having uh, the breaks, like three weeks at a time. Mm. It's hard. Well. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> you don't get paid for that, do you? I do get paid. You get paid for everything? Uh, not spring break, so I actually have to be present, but like winter recess, I'm oh. out on pay. And then I'll take an additional week uh, oh. using my own personal time. Oh. So essentially, I'll get like three and a half weeks of time off off of the cost of one week of vacation time. You're killing me, Smalls. Mm-hmm. You're killing me. Anyway, it, we're not all that fortunate, and <laughs> I wouldn't really call it fortunate because then I remember how much you got paid. Wow. <laughs> I, I, I traded in. I traded right. in any day. <laughs> Keys that are going, <laughs> <laughs> and we mentioned this last week taking a break, whether small or large, right? Supersized or you know, regular is necessary, and I feel like it's a good way to just keep your head clear and, and focused on when you come back from that break, right. On what you're doing. Okay, well, with that, do you feel like you have to get all your work done before you can really enjoy the break? Or can you like leave ah, mid, mid-project mid or yeah. mid-assignment uh, or whatever? I don't know how you would describe your work. but it, it depends. If I feel like I'm midway through a project or just starting something, I probably won't start it. And if I'm midway, I probably won't push it. I'll just leave it. But I'll leave it at a point where everybody knows where I'm at so that if something happens, they can pick up where I left off, right? So for me, it depends on the situation, but typically it wouldn't really affect my, my, the quality of my work. It might affect the, the time it takes to complete it. Mm-hmm. I feel like if I took a break uh, more often, I would get more quality work done because I'd come back with that renewed vigor, you know, mm-hmm. 
And that's something that I might want to consider, like staggering out my vacations a little bit more instead of just kind of, boom. Oh, I thought you were going to move to another country with better work-life balance. That is on the table. (laughs) Um, I I really did like China. Really? I did. I don't think my wife could live there. (laughs) That doesn't mean I got to take her. Wow. (laughs) I told her too. I was like, yeah, it's cool. I'll come here and and you can stay in the States. She was like, yeah, you come here and you find a new wife. I was like, so I could have two wives? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's not going to happen. Anyway. And that's why you didn't have sex in 10 days. (laughs) (laughs) So you take frequent vacations. I mean, I don't think I know anyone that vacations across the country as much as you do. They're not always vacations. Because I, you know, I work while I'm on the road. But even then, you're away from work. The idea of work, like the office. Yeah, you know, for a for, lot of people, that's a big deal. For me, I I feel like I'm more productive because I, I I get away from a lot of distractions. I'm also the person that when I travel, I could also never leave the the hotel I'm at. I could really just enjoy staying on on property. Really? Um, yeah, it depends. Like if I'm working. I'm completely content staying locally or going to like a, like a local coffee shop and just like plugging in and doing my own thing. If if I'm out there for for my own trip, then yeah, I probably want to explore a little more. But you know, it's it's changed a lot since I kind of stopped drinking. So going out to like grab a drink at a local yeah, you know, Water dive yeah, yeah is is not necessarily. I look like that that jackass in the corner drinking Chardonnay because you know I've because <laughs> I like the taste. <laughs> I haven't introduced beer back into my system yet. But yeah, so all that to say, I don't necessarily think I've ever unplugged even when I'm on a trip. So why do you think that is? Have you really thought about it? No, I haven't. catching you off guard here? You're catching me a little off guard. I, and I, you know, I, I had a feeling we were going to talk about it or I was going to bring it up anyway. P- part of it is because I, I feel like I have like a huge workload anyway that I can't just walk away from, which is kind of why I asked you about that. Uh, you know, especially if we're doing the weekly show and I'm doing two other weekly shows, trying to stay ahead of the editing I got I to gotta work on it even when I'm away. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. But here's the thing that I learned from a mentor of mine. You have to learn to unplug, at least for a little bit. At least give yourself a day and just say, I'm out. Fuck it. Yeah. Things can wait. You know. I think I've gotten better about that in the last year or so. Where I'll, I will give myself a day to just do absolutely nothing and kind of veg out. But again, I, I'm more of a homebody, uh, and I and I could... I went and visited my friends in Denver and I had no real, real plans. I could hang around the house most of the day, watch the Dodgers in the evening. And uh, I the was who? cool. No, no, I didn't watch the who. I watched the Dodgers. Watch, huh? No, not the Watchmen, the Dodgers. The who? No, no, no. The Rolling Stones. Oh, okay. I like those guys. Yeah, they're fans um, of the Dodgers. <laughs> no, they're not. The reason I ask is because there are a lot of mental health professionals out there that echo the same sentiment. And in your 30s, Preserving your mindset, preserving your your mind, I guess, in essence, is very important. And taking a break, I feel, kind of goes along with that. Because in order to really preserve who you are or, or your, your mental state, you need to kind of step away and, and give yourself time to just breathe. Mm-hmm. You know, because I feel like, especially in Southern California, our society is so fast-paced and we alluded to this last week where it is very driven it is very driven culturally that if you go anywhere else in the in the United States it it's not the same like you'll definitely notice a change of pace have you felt that cuz i used to travel a lot for work too and mm-hmm. I, I i felt a huge 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 difference between between the two 
I think I'm a little out of place in California because I live kind of a slower paced life compared to most people sure. here. I, I, I actually think, you know, going back east, things move a lot faster for me. Yeah. But I, I didn't feel out of place. And, and that's why it's like, I love New York, but it's a great place to visit. I just couldn't live there. Okay. I didn't really feel out of place until I was in, I was in Madrid and we were going out to dinner and dinner was like a three hour thing. Spain is different. Right. But yeah, I mean, I think even very. across Europe, like, you know, France, like I, I hear dinner is like, is an experience when you, no matter where you go. That's it's, just how think, how it, how it is culturally over it's there. It's a lot more formal. It's not like dinner on the go. Like I could stop in at Chipotle and just whatever it, you know? Well, right. Yeah. And I, I mean, Chipotle, even if you go to like a nicer restaurant, like a sit down restaurant, you're in and out within an hour, mm-hmm. right? You, you do your appetizer, you do your main and then. I'm sorry. Chipotle was my nicer restaurant. So. <laughs> Huh, fuck you. Okay. I really, full disclosure. And I you make like how Chipotle. much? <laughs> <laughs> Shh. You're like, how do you think I keep it? <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, I, um, I've never felt more out of place than when I was in Europe and I was, I had eaten and I was ready to go. And it's just like, oh no, we still have two more courses and coffee after. It's like, oh. And then social hour. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a very good point because Europe, I've heard, laughs at our work ethic work ethic and work-life balance yeah uh, we have contractors in in our plant uh, that come from Spain mm-hmm. and they completely tear us a new one when it comes to working and work ethic not to say that they don't have a work ethic over there it's just very very different mm-hmm. and they've adapted to that mentality where it's now a social norm for us the cultural and social norm is if you're not working hard, you're not working. If you're not putting in extra time, you're not you're not dedicated, right? You're mm-hmm. not engaged, right? If you're not going above and beyond daily, which which is like what's the bare minimum now, you know? Right. Is, is it that? Is it like I have to put in 10 to 12 hour days every day? Is that mm-hmm. the bare minimum? Mm-hmm. Um that's our culture. Right. And I feel like that's going to break us over time. Mm-hmm. And that mental health has been visibly neglected in our country yeah and and on the decline i think especially with our generation and that the fact that people don't really pay close attention to it i think it's gonna it's gonna hit us and it's gonna hit us hard one day we're just gonna have like a societal breakdown Mm. if we if we keep going at this pace it's 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 bad it's like breakneck speed you know you don't think we've already had a societal breakdown did we learn from it we're still in the in the heart of it yeah, but no, I mean, you can, one can argue we had one when the when the stock market collapsed back in the 90s. Okay, yeah, but I'm also talking about just just the state of our our union and how that's affecting people's and people's mental health. And and the way media has changed and the things that we're hearing every day. Yeah. Uh yeah. I I think that's we're at a breaking point and if it hasn't broken already, it's going to break like you said relatively soon. And that factors into the whole yeah, co- the work culture, right? Yeah. And, and all that that we have to kind of take into account. And the fucked up part about it is that people just accept it. Instead of pushing the envelope and fighting that and saying, you know what? We have to make a change. I can't handle this. So I can't ex- expect my people to handle this. Mm-hmm. Until we are conscious of that and make that decision, it's it, we're really gonna, like you said, we're gonna we're gonna hit breaking point, and we might be there now. We might be at the doorstep, just, you know, waiting to cross the threshold. Yeah, who knows? But I think we're gonna find out when it's way too late. 
I mean, that's the only time we ever learn. And even then, it's arguable whether we actually make decisions that are going to help prevent it or not. Because look what happened in Vegas, right? Right. We're past the breaking point and nothing has happened to to make changes or be more progressive as a country. Because how far do we have to fall behind in almost every category of social existence before there's going to be changes made in our infrastructure as a country? I know I'm getting too high level because it's supposed to be about us, but... It's just something that kind of clicked for me right now. But how do we bring it back? So how do we make the right decisions? As two hosts of this podcast and as our listeners tune in, how are we taking active steps? Hmm. Right? How do we factor in the state of our union and uh, our workplace and our family and all of these things? How do we absorb all of this environmental stimulus and not break down or still be able to maintain a normal life. Essentially, normal is, is kind of relative to, right. to the person, but a societally or culturally normal life, right? The, the perfect picture, picture perfect. Mm-hmm. How do we make the right decisions? That's what, the, that's what I want to answer. I can't seem to answer that for myself because I don't even know what the right decisions to make are. Yeah. Like, I know I got to take a break, right? I know right. that. But if I do, there's always that fear of someone's going to replace you. Yeah, and that's and that's where I think it's that goes into our country is set up in a capitalistic society. It is business. Uh, what's the word? Favored or, or business first, people second. Yeah, essentially. Not even. Yeah, if that, which is which I think is important that everyone understands that. And I got I got the greatest advice from ironically uh, <laughs> it was one of my ex girlfriends, her father. He said he knew that. To be successful in the U.S., he had to master business because this is a capitalistic society. And yep. the sooner you realize that, the sooner you're going to be able to jump tax brackets. And, uh, you know, I'd never thought of it that way. And I think I've talked about this before on the show. I've never thought of it that way. And I think to go counterculture with it, we have to kind of fall in line with how the society works, go from the inside out. So you want to be a company man, yeah. but then you also need to create your own company, create your yeah. own environment or own company culture where you can create this environment that you want to have and, you know, speak about and be about the changes that you see should be affecting your work. The thing that you can't get sucked into is in your competition and, and uh, trying to outperform people and compromising the principles that you feel are important to having a healthy work-life balance. Yeah. I mean, you, you said it perfectly and this is a revelation that has occurred to me very recently, even though I knew it existed, it's something that I've been really fighting to come to terms with. How do I become that company man without sacrificing my integrity as a person? Mm. And it's very difficult, but you're absolutely right. You have to do it and you have to start from the inside out because it's what I keep telling myself. Once I have the power to influence others, I will influence others in a positive manner. I will change things for the better. I will push because that's my personality. I push and I keep pushing until I get what I want because I know what I'm doing is the right thing because I'm not just making this decision on my own. I'm aggregating these ideas and these perspectives and these opinions and these emotional feed, this emotional feedback from others around me and I'm taking this into account. I'm putting this in the back of my mind. When my employees come to me and they tell me I, I'm afraid of taking a vacation because you know, I might miss out on something or I, I see no value in it, I have to disagree. 
I keep telling them it's about your mental health. It's about your health as a person. The stress, the anxiety, the overwhelming nature of being in a workplace too long, it gets to anyone. Mm-hmm. It will break anybody. I don't care how much of a, a company man or how long you've been working somewhere. You you hear about those older uh, the older generations. Once they retire, they die. There's a yeah. reason for that, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. There's a reason for that because they have no other avenue. They have no other outlet. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. In our 30s, it's very important to remember that it's about us, right? And this goes back to last week's episode. It's very important to remember it's about us. But it's also very important to remember that our parents have made the same mistakes that we're making now. So we have to take a step back and we have to learn from their experiences. Like my dad, for example, doesn't like going to the doctor, doesn't believe taking breaks is necessary, mm-hmm. and doesn't even believe that uh, a condition that's diagnosed by a doctor has any validity to it whatsoever. <laughs> He's like, nah, they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. They just <laughs> want to prescribe me medicine and, and, and get me up on all Which this Which he has a point to he that does. because of the pharmaceutical industry. He does. And, you know, I get it, the bonuses and, and the, and the mm-hmm. lining doctor's pockets. Totally level with him there. But at the same time, you... You do have to kind of take care of yourself, right? And there are other ways that you could do this, homeopathically speaking, mm-hmm. as simple as coming down to visit us, you know, and which I keep pushing him to do. Yeah. My mother, the same thing. You take a break, reduces your blood pressure, your anxiety, your stress. Mm-hmm. You know, they get to hang out with the, with the grandchildren. It's what I tell them. They aren't learning from their own categorical mistakes. And, and here I am, I'm looking at the mistakes that they're making, and I can't seem to feel like I, I can do anything about them yet. For me, I, I, I definitely see where you're coming from, because my dad was one of the guys that he was never sick. He never took days off. And I was sitting there thinking, I remember working in my, in my previous gig, there was uh, this woman that won a perfect attendance award every year. And looking back on it, I was like, I think perfect attendance is the stupidest award. Yeah. You know, people <laughs> always talk shit about the participation award. No, I don't think that it's as bad as uh, perfect attendance. If you are promoting the fact that you are sacrificing every day to come into this job, you know, whether you love it or not, I think you still need time to step away from it, get away, get, you know, refreshed and have your own time where you're not relegated by your identity that might be wrapped up in the job. Yeah. You know, they are kind of tied together, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I see my dad now. He used to be that guy. Uh, now he's, you know, he'll take days off here and there or him and my mom will take little day trips to, you know, casinos or whatever the case is that they like to do. Yeah. Uh, they go out to breakfast or they go out to whatever and they just they just take time. It's just time. He used to have it like accrued for, for months at a time and uh, and now he's just using it sparingly here and there. And that's how it should be. Mm-hmm. Right? That's how it should be. And I hate it that our country gives you vacation time uh, as like- You an, have to earn it. Yeah, as a bonus. It's like, oh, here you go. Here's a few hours a month for your vacation just because you were here for fu- an ungodly amount of fucking hours. Right. And the fucked up part about it is I found out that as a salaried person, me speaking for myself here, I accrue hours based on 80 hour or 40 hour work weeks, 80 mm-hmm. hour pay periods. Mm-hmm. If I work a hundred hours, I still get 80 hours worth of vacation time accrued. Right. My employees get hour for hour. Yeah. How is that fair? Like I, I struggle with that too. I was like, man. What's the biggest myth that a salaried employee is supposed to have more freedom and benefits of like <sighs> yeah. time and whatnot? And really you don't. Kind really of. Here. You kind of you have a little bit more schedule flexibility. They are a little bit more lenient. And it's not I don't feel pinched for time, you know, when leaving or coming or anything like that. I do hate the fact that we are kind of treated like 
we're expected to be there more and, and get paid the same. Right. I don't like that. Mm-hmm. I really don't. And and that's something that I have. It's a societal thing. It's not just my company. It's every company. Yeah. Uh, but my sister joined a company recently that they give her unlimited vacation. Interesting. Is she a tech company up in the Bay? Uh, no, she left bio uh, pharmaceuticals to go to uh, food and beverage. Interesting. But she's working for like this vegan hmm. vegan manufacturing company. Is she vegan? Nah. She pretends to like vegan food, but I think she's lying to herself. Mm. Anyway, she, she's probably going to listen and be like, hey, fuck you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, unlimited vacation. That's cool. That's really cool. Like you don't even, she started and within like two weeks she took vacation. I was like, dude, you're fucking yourself up. Like, yeah. no, this is the company culture. This is how it is. I was like, uh, you know, I don't see it. And am I fucked up? Like, um, am I, am I crazy? Yeah. I mean, cool. It's crucial learning periods, right? The first time you're still getting used to, you're still adjusting. But if that's part of her adjustment period, that's part of right? the adjustment. It's weird. You know, it, it's just it not. I didn't, you know, when we have someone that comes in from a different department where they have a uh, vacation time accrued so they can technically take vacation. Because, you know, sometimes jobs pop up and you apply and you get a new position. Yeah, yeah. You know, and you already had your vacation planned. What are you going to do? Like cancel your vacation because you got a new job now? It's just like, well, I have the time. It's not like I can't take it. Right. But uh, yeah, there's definitely a stigma to people. I know some people that I've worked with, like, you know, they think it's kind of messed up that they're, you know, you should be, you know, trying to put on the best impression right now, not trying to you know, have playtime or whatever they, whatever they want to call it. <laughs> playtime. I don't know. <laughs> but enough about vacations. How yeah. about the actual like physical aspect of health? All right. So I think the second most important thing that gets overlooked is, is healthcare. And a lot of people before the universal healthcare thing in, in, in the U S took place, which arguably some people like, and some people don't like, there were a whole lot of people that were unemployed and did not have health insurance. Mm-hmm. And this was a big deal for our generation. Yeah. Because I didn't even really get benefits up until maybe like three years ago. Really? Three or four years ago. Yeah. Well, that's good because that's when you had your kids. So that's. <laughs> yeah, it worked timely. out. It really yeah. did work out. And and for a, a part of me, things like I kind of uh, took advantage of that, which is everything that you should do, right? You should take advantage of your uh, your benefits. But a lot of people don't. A lot of people don't do regular checkups. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't even like going to the doctor because, yeah. you know, let's face it, doctors have pretty negative stigma about them. Uh, I don't know. I can't necessarily agree with that just because I've uh, I've led a very sickly existence. <laughs> so I grew up going to the hospital, going to the doctor very often. Were you bubble boy? Low key, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, I was going to, uh, uh, I think this is probably kindergarten or before kindergarten i was going every day to the hospital to get breathing treatments for my oh, asthma shit. yeah it was so bad where our insurance actually approved us to have an actual breathing machine in the house oh so now we we were one of the first people would ever have that back in the day so like a cpap no it was this machine that was probably probably about as big as my laptop is like in that square capacity yeah it's huge handle it was this loud like like and you had to change the filters you had to like make the solution and wear the mask the whole <sighs> nine yeah now we have a smaller one that's like the size of the maybe phone. <laughs> a little bigger than the phone, but not as big as your notebook. If oh, your notebook okay. was closed, it'd be yeah. that big. Yeah. Wow. Right? It's come a long way. So but you're I, not... Yeah. I, I'm, you know, it's normal for me to not yeah. feel well. I should go to the doctor, get ahead of this, or else mm-hmm. I'm going to end up having to, you know, sinus infection for three months. And, okay. I, I can see that because you have, yeah, you have that track record, right? right. You're worried that it could be something bigger than what it... Right. That it might be. But to your, to your point, my grandfather 
was living in pain for I don't know how many months before he went to the doctor and found out that he had colon cancer. Oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, he was able to fight it. He won. But then uh, it came back probably like 15 years later. Damn. Um, that was colon cancer. Pancreatic cancer is what he had. We died of. Mm. But yeah, he hated going to the doctor. He hated doing any of the stuff that he had to do. He hated taking the medication. Uh, because, well, one, the medication is what stopped it, prevented him from being able to walk anymore. After he started going through the chemo treatment wow. or whatever other drug treatment he went through, he had to start walking with a cane. And and he resented it for that. And that's, uh, for me, the same thing. My grandfather got messed up real bad by hospitals, in particular Kaiser. And it's um, a reason why, one, I don't like Kaiser, and two, I don't like doctors. Hmm? Um, I think that's why my father doesn't either. Um, Is I your think father's brother? My father's dad. Your father's dad. Okay. My grandfather, yeah. I thought you said something. Okay, sorry. Follow me, Rande. I'm, I'm here. I'm Rande. Here. I'm here. It's one thing to see your parents go through hell mm-hmm. in, in hospitals and, and say, okay, I don't want to go to the doctor. I get that with my dad. Totally get it. It's another thing that his father carried the same mentality that, oh, no, I don't need to go to the doctors and probably left it a little too late, right? <laughs> and then went to the doctor and got fucked up because they were trying to do everything at once. Right. And it overwhelmed his body. Right. And, you know, my dad just, I, he, I don't know. He might, I love him to death. He's stubborn as fuck, but he might not be able to piece those things together. And yeah. I was way too young, so I might not know the whole story. True. But uh, my how, grandfather used to tell me. How old are you when this was going on? Uh, I think my grandfather died when I was 10. But moving on, the one difference that my grandfather and even my father didn't have is the availability of healthcare health insurance, and just the overwhelming amount of hospitals. But alongside that, the cost of living and the standard of living has continued to grow, and our wages remain depressed. And this is a big thing. Like, this is a reason why our generation is still behind the curve. One, we were late to the job market, very late to the job market, so Mm -hmm. we're still trying to get established. And two, even then, we still suffer from wage disparity, compared to other generations at this point in time in their careers versus where we are now. So essentially, it's it's a privilege to be able to live a healthy lifestyle. It almost boils down to that, yeah. We've mentioned this before. Living healthy and eating right is expensive. It's not always affordable for everyone, but mm-hmm. it can be done. And if you really think about it, paying a little bit more now rather than backloading it and putting those expensive medical bills on on your tab like five or ten years down the road because you could have made different decisions you could have gotten a gym membership you could have you know not eaten fast food every day of your life for for 10 years that's something that you have to factor in when you're making these decisions about eating right and and living right i mean i think that comes into like a flawed system that we live in where everything is about treatment of of things that are already in existence rather than preventative care Oh, okay. I never really thought about it like that, but we are kind of like, okay, you suffer from an affliction. Mm-hmm. Here's this. Right. So all those pharma fucking commercials are, mm-hmm. yeah, that's bad. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of mentality that we're perpetuating for, for our kids. Yeah. So I feel like it's important in our thirties right now, especially now, because in our forties, so I've heard it only gets worse and I can only imagine, <laughs> right? Yeah. There I goes mean, your back. There go. I mean, I had the knees of a forty-year-old when I was eighteen. So, shit. Yeah, you're. Yeah, you're. You're pretty much crippled by your for in your forties. Oh yeah, be bro. On, in a wheelchair. 
Wow, thanks. <laughs> well, that's what, you said it, not me, man. I just put wheelchair into the sentence. <laughs> oh, that's what made it worse. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's not that bad. You can get in the front of the line in Disneyland Six Flags. Wow. You're good. I think it's very important for us to take care of ourselves now because I don't want to be a train wreck in my 40s. So right now, I'm really going to use my 30s to be smart about what I do. The only thing is, where do we find the fucking time, right? Yeah, I you know I don't think I get I don't get caught up in, in finding the time as much as the cost of it, right? And I, I think the the one thing that I've I know the time when I can do it, I just haven't committed to it. I don't need to go to a gym to work out. I have the necessary equipment that I would need. Yeah, you know I can go ride the bike. I can do the jump rope. I can do my other uh, exercises for my my hip or whatever the case is. Um, We're definitely a lot more resourceful in right that, in that sense. Right. Uh, Although the 90s did see the rise of the home gym, right? Yeah. With those big ass weight machines. <laughs> Bowflex. Yeah. The weeder, yeah. the Bowflex. Well, not even, uh, not even that, because I, I don't necessarily feel like I need to, to weight train. You know what I mean? You could do calisthenics. You could do, yeah. you know, your push ups and sit ups. And, uh -huh. I, you know, if you can get us 100 push ups a day, you're going to be seeing significant changes. But it, it's, it's like you said, making the time to it. And I know the time frame and when I can do it. I just don't choose to do it. <laughs> I just don't choose to do it. It's like, uh, you know, it's kind of cold this morning. I think I'm just going to stay in bed. So maybe that's a commitment we can make to each other right here, right now on episode 52 of Talk 30 to Me. Hold my hand. Randy, will you, Sankeys, get your hand out of here, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> no bullshit. He put his hand on top of our heads. So I was like, I'm not feeling this threesome right now, bro. Back the fuck up. <laughs> We're making a commitment to each other. To be healthy, don't hold my hand again. It's no, no, I was, I was gonna say we should we should include ten keys because we need someone to run the boards. <laughs> <laughs> we need to make a commitment, all three of us right now, to to live a healthy thirty, so we can see forty, fifty, and beyond. Mm -hmm. Because right now, honestly, I don't think that our generation is set up for success in in the future. I mean, you granted, and I'm gonna go on a little bit of a tangent here. You got those Instagrams full of the, uh, the bullshit, you know, workout people and all that. That's going to go away. Randy said it. He's called it. It's a fad. It's going to die. And I agree 100%. But we have to be real. We have to be resourceful. We have to do this shit on the low. We can't publicize this. It's for ourselves. Mm -hmm. It's not for anyone else. Yeah. Okay. Right now we're making it about each other, but it's, it's for us. Well, that, that's different. We're doing it for us, but you need the accountability. Everything comes down to accountability. And if you don't have the discipline to do it, then it's okay to lean on uh, your tribe, so to speak, or your circle of friends to help you get there, especially if they have a similar mentality and understand the, the, the steps that you're going to be taking or the sacrifices that you need to make or whatever the case is, if you want to call this really a sacrifice. Accountability will help you get there. If you're accountable for somebody else, it gives you the incentive to keep going and to showing up. So... How do you stay healthy? What do you do to preserve your mental and your physical well-being? Have you done anything? Have you done nothing? What are you going to do to change? Or how are you going to better your situation now so that in the future you don't need to worry about your health as much? Let's make sure we don't focus on the treatment part of our culture and focus on more of the preventative. Mm. Let's do that together, Talk 30 Nation. Let's do that together. Get your hand out of here. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want more about how we're going to stay in shape this year and into the new year, 
Randy, where can the people find you? You can find me at I am Randy Z. And Turg? And you can find me at Turg Says No on Instagram and Twitter. And if you want to find San Keys, you don't want to find San Keys. Thank you for subscribing to another episode of Talk 30 to Me. We hope you enjoy it and continue to share it with friends. Make sure you stop by our website at talk30tome.com for more content and information about the podcast. Rate us on iTunes, and if you really like what you hear, make sure you hit that donate button. Really appreciate it. For Talk Theory to Me, I'm Turk. And I'm Randy Z. Peace. been a thing that's been there no not this close no i usually sit over here because he hasn't been here for a while i mean you can scoot over you get plenty of room no i'm good Freshy fresh, freshy turd, turd fresh. <laughs> so you're definitely starting over because you, you got a little too redundant. Um, I don't want to be a ball of gas in my 40s. Just like shitting myself everywhere. Okay. I mean, come I on. I didn't know a ball of gas. Like, like, never like mind. Fucking incontinent, just like pooping on the on the fucking on the M train. You all know? right, we're cutting all that shit out. Wait for it. No. He has a nugget. He has a good one. I'm waiting.